0: All right, so first of all, I want to go on the record saying that I love Froomacera. <laughs> I don't think we talk enough about her. No,
1: Frumacera is the actress who has to sh- climb up onto that, um, on the person's... Onto um,
0: Dwayne, who probably has a sheet over his head. That's right. Dwayne. And did you just come up with the name I just Duane? came up with Dwayne. Oh, I don't know if it's Right, Duane. who comes
1: up on Dwayne. And if she doesn't climb up on Dwayne, it's some reimagined fiddler, and I don't want to see it. <laughs>
0: Welcome, everybody, to a musical theater podcast where we discuss the emotional and cultural impact of some of our favorite musicals in theater history. Uh, my name is Jeffrey Scott Parsons. I'm a three-namer. Oh, my God. I'm laughing already. It, uh, <laughs> it's what I go by because it's on my birth certificate. and my Are equity.
1: you like Sally Ann Howes?
0: Yeah. Okay. And my equity card. Like, it's all three names. Wow. Yeah. But please call me Jeff for the purpose of this podcast.
1: Was there a Jeffrey Parsons already mm,
0: in equity? No. No. I didn't. Huh. You First just went yeah, for it. For me, it was either going to be Jeff Parsons, which was how I grew up, <laughs> or Jeffrey Scott Parsons, because I didn't like Jeffrey Parsons. Wow. Was I'm like, inter- I'm, I'm,
1: And I've interrupted your
0: opening. No, <laughs> no. Um, this is what I want. It's all about me. No, and thank goodness it is, because I'm so glad you're here. Oh. This is my dear friend, Glenn. Glenn Rosenblum. Here I am. And he is a, uh, a connoisseur of musical theater. And obsessed. <laughs> Are you okay with just saying that? You're obsessed. Oh, yeah. Great. Because uh, that makes two of us. Glenn and I first... I feel like we first bonded when we somehow convinced Musical Theater Guild here in Los Angeles to produce a one-night-only performance of Hallelujah Baby.
1: Yes, but
0: I knew that you
1: understood me <laughs> when we did a staged reading of uh, Promises, Promises. Oh, that's true. And you, I played Mr. Dobich. That was a realization. Now I'm old enough to play the, um, the Ray Walston role. Congratulations. And you turned to me, you don't even remember. No, I don't. I don't. During the end uh, production number of Act One and said, Did you ever think you'd be dancing Turkey Lurkey (laughs) tonight? And I was like, No. And I'm a little hysterical (laughs) about it because I was like, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle. It always sounds like Liza. Jingle bells, jingle bells. And I, you know, and I'm not a dancer, but they were like, we'll dance the way Mr. Dobich.
0: Everybody should have the opportunity to dance Circular.
1: And then uh, there was an actress, the actress, um, Kelly Dorney, who I didn't know.
0: is a friend of the podcast. Yes.
1: Who... I remember the musical director saying, um, "Do you have that high soprano to go like jing da, ba da, ba?" Yeah, and yeah. she's like, "Oh, no problem." And she did it like ten times in a row. Yeah. So that's when I well, "Hallelujah, baby" is one thing. Sure. Yes. And Which, you wait. know, I was just ready to play Georgina. No, we couldn't find someone. I was like, "Yeah."
0: I, I, and we did. We, I we found someone. Yes, Sharon. Um, Sharon Brown, who's uh, on the tour of once on the, once on this island. She is. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. We we have okay. to focus though. Today we are talking about Fiddler on the Roof, oh, or yes. as my people back in Utah would say, Fiddler on the Roof. The roof. <laughs> I am. I'm actually okay with saying at this point in my life. The Fiddler on the Roof is my favorite musical. Really? Yes. And because I think that is a question that everyone loves to ask and no one likes to answer. And I think I'm finally at the point where I'm like, yes, Fiddler is my favorite wow, musical. Wow, mine? You want to know what mine is? Yeah, it's in did. my lecture I told it yesterday. Yeah.
1: Gypsy. Oh, well see, that's in my top three. Yeah, because I in my thing, if mm-hmm. you take the music out of Gypsy, it's still fantastic. Sure. It shows how strong it is. But I have to tell you Fiddler's in my top three. Because yeah. Fiddler is
0: perfect. So we're going to start, I think, by talking a little bit about its inception. Let's start with Bach and Harnick. Oh. Alright. So we got Jerry Bach, composer, Sheldon Harnick, lyricist. Who's still alive? Yes. He came and saw a production of Fiddler that I was in. That's, I would faint and have to be put in a straitjacket. So I'm like, how many? And you know, it was kind of one of those moments where, you know, Aretha Franklin probably sang Respect a gajillion times, but would still give it her all. I was like, how many times has Sheldon Harnick had to sit through a production of Fiddler on the roof? And yet he was still so gracious and seemingly, you know excited to give us compliments i'm like you have seen the show who did so you play who did you play in that i production? was abramson oh but Abraham. you could be a fiatka or i was a replacement because the i, I had been doing a production of, of 42nd street at the time and we just closed and like the day before we closed this whoever was in fiddler um went skiing and <gasps> broke his wrist oh how and, it's so eve harrington yeah so uh-huh. i so i went in and stole Stole his bagels. <laughs> That's <laughs> fabulous. Anyway, so they started out their partnership as a composing team doing The Body Beautiful, which I know nothing about. The Body Beautiful. There's an there's album. A, yeah, there's an album. So then the next thing they do is Fiorella, one of the very few musicals that won the Pulitzer Prize. It's about you know uh, LaGuardia. Um, fi- or not the airport. LaGuardia. It's not about exactly. the airport. It's, it's, about, about, it's about how the
1: airport joke. has been under construction since yeah. I <laughs> since 1959.
0: <laughs> so, no, it's about the
1: mayor of New York, right? Yes. Fiorella, and it's a part for a short, fat man.
0: <laughs> Tom Yay. Bosley killing it. Uh, hey! <laughs> uh, I still have a Fiorello in me. I didn't think about that. Stop okay, it. Okay, that's got to happen. So, it wins the Pulitzer. It wins Best Musical, tying oh. with... The Sound of Music. Thank it's the you. only time the Tony It rise. won the Tony. Yeah. Right, right. It's the only time where two musicals have tied for Best Musical. Right. And it was Sound of Music and Fiorello. And everyone's like, of course, Sound of Music, and nobody remembers Fiorello. After that, yeah. they're like kind of riding high. They write Tenderloin, which is a flop, but it has great songs. Right. Artificial and Flowers. And comes that over. little
1: old New York. Such a great uh, opener. Uh, mm-hmm. We never miss a Maurice Evans musical. <laughs>
0: Wow. If anybody gets half of these jokes, I will consider this podcast. That wasn't a even a success. joke. That <laughs> wasn't even a joke. Okay. Tenderloin comes and goes. It has great songs. Who makes Artificial Flowers a big hit? Oh, uh, was like it Nancy Sinatra? Wilson. Oh, somebody. Oh, Bobby Darin. Was it Bobby Darin? I think it was Bobby okay. Darin. So even though it's a flop, some of the songs are still really popular. Uh, after that, they're looking for their next big thing. Yeah. They find two properties. They find the shop around the corner, right? right which becomes "She loves me," mm-hmm. and they find Jerry Bach see, sees the stories of "Shalom Aleichem." Shalom Aleichem. Yeah. So he's the Mark Twain of Russia, correct? Or of like, right? Uh, and that's uh,
1: a um, non-deplume what do they? Do? Sure. that's not that his real name.
0: Uh, which which is so beautiful in a yeah. way because both of those words mean peace and right. Exactly. Namaste, yes. basically, uh-huh. right? It's amazing. But he was the Yiddish Mark Twain. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: He he has all of these stories. Jerry Bach wants to turn him into this musical kind of about a Yiddish theater company. Mm -hmm. They send it to Joseph Stein, who's a book writer. He had done Plain and Fancy. Which... I did we'll plain talk. and fancy in summerstein. I can <laughs> still sing the opening. And Joseph Stein is like, N- "This is too complex. We can't do that." Right. However, and it sounds awful, doesn't it? Well, I mean, it's like kind of, really, yeah. But then he has the idea to specifically take one of his stories, which is about Tevye the milkman. Right. And his five daughters. Oh, those and five. Kind of, and two kind of, of which don't do anything like, I in I the know, musical. Poor I
1: know. know. Was it Sprit, Shri- Shri- uh, Bielka and, and Sprinza. Sprinza? Sprinza. Shri- sh- sh- not Spielka. Spielka means like I'm nervous. Sure. It's Sprinza Shrinza and Bielka. And Bielka. Okay, yeah, 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 that's The biggest right. thing they have to do is, we're going to America, we're going to America. That's and right, Golda yeah. gives them the. That's They wait all evening to do Just that. Just to do
0: their <laughs> one thing. Uh huh. I think out. they
1: even leave the stage for Matchmaker.
0: Uh, yeah, you're right, because it's just got to be the three. Yeah.
1: Okay, so uh, With then, the brooms, we do not want a production without those brooms. No. If I don't see the mops,
0: I'm. this is not a production for me. Agreed. I love the mops. I know people think they're cheesy, but I'm here for them. Oh, yeah. Okay, so then they decide, great, we're going to write a musical about Tevya and his daughters. However, they want Hal Prince to direct, and Hal Prince is like, no, right. I want to do She Loves Me. Uh. Right. But you know who would be great for this is Jerome Robbins. Jerome, yes, that mean Jerome, that mean Jerome we Robbins. We need to talk about Jerome yeah, Robbins eventually thing. because he's I one know. of my heroes. I, I worship him, and yet I also totally recognize that he stands for everything that I don't believe humans should be. Self-hating everything. Yes. But it was another time we can give him a, a, a
1: bit of a pass.
0: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll grace. I'll give him some grace. Okay. Oh, they so Mormon of you. You're welcome. <laughs> so... <laughs> They decide to focus on She Loves Me because yeah. that's the one the Hal Prince wants to do. Yes. And they'll wait for J- Jerry Robbins to get... Jerry, Yeah, to, friend, My friend Jerry. Your friend Jerry. Um, to become available for Fiddler. So yeah. they do She Loves Me, oh. which is the sweetest, most perfect little gem of a show. And just beautiful, sweet music. Yeah. And Will He Like Me? Oh. Right? Where's my other
1: shoe? <laughs> a trip to the library. Come
0: on. Stop it. All right. She Loves Me comes and goes. Jerome Robbins is finally available. So then Fiddler happens. Here's the thing. Here's kind of what I wonder. Is that in looking at all of these shows that Bach and Harnick do, obviously they can craft a great tune. Yes. Right? A hummable tune. A sensational little show tune. But they do tend to make these kind of sweet little perfect gems of a musical. That's right. And Fiddler feels like it's the one show that is mm-hmm. that is beyond that, that's kind of epic right. storytelling. Yes. Which makes me think that it is in part due to Jerome Robbins. Wow. I think he, from
1: the books I've read and the new documentary that was just out, yes, he really got them... To, to focus to he asked knew how to ask the right question
0: and it was kind of the the whole thing was what is this show about
1: and that's why the show we'll, we'll talk well I, yeah that's I mean, why every culture thinks that it's about their
0: culture well sure and and but like by asking that question over and over again and it wasn't a simple right question to answer what is the show about what is at the heart of the show you know oh it's about this family it's about right. Tevi it's about his relationships right. absolutely yes yeah but what the answer they finally realized was that it is about tradition, right. which, would gave, which gave birth to this fantastic opening number right. and kind of became the through line for the entire structure of the How show. How do we hold on to our tradition? Yeah, from the—and I, I, so cohesively, right. right? So tight. What from, is tradition? From the script, from the music, from the staging. It's incredible. Like, it's it all is so anchored. It's, isn't that unbelievable? <clears throat> it is, but they managed to do it. They wrote this freaking awesome show that I love so much. It's so beautiful. So let's talk a little bit about the plot. Just kind of go through the mm-hmm. show a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, talk about our favorite bits. Tradition, obviously, is one of the best opening numbers. It's like, thrilling. So the, yesterday, I rewatched the film version of mm-hmm. it, just, just to prep. Which is pretty it's, great. It is. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. And... Literally from, uh, you know, he says, "I, uh, I can say in one word, tradition." And right. then the orchestra comes into that, right. bom, 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 yeah. bom, chills those, with those movie orchestrations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. John Williams, I by know, the way, I did know. those orchestrations crazy? But chills every single yeah. time. It's incredible. It's such a such an amazing way to begin. Unbelievable opening a number. And the thought I had while while watching that opener yesterday is do. I, <laughs> It was hard enough, I'm sure, to get Fiddler produced in the time that they did, mm-hmm. because it was so Jewish, and they were worried yeah. about whether there was an audience for after it. After all,
1: the Jews in New York tri-state area, <laughs> yeah, like
0: who else were who right. like our tourists going after to come the Hadassah groups come from you know Hewlett? Who else is going right. to see this exactly? And they managed to convince you know. Producers, but I think because of the, the work spoke for itself, that it was going to have, you know, it was going to connect to people of all right. faiths and and cultures. But I, as I was watching tradition yesterday, I thought, could we do something like this today? Yes, MD, Hamilton. But who's going to go see a rap musical about, but specifically about organized religion? Mm. Because I. Book of Mormon doesn't well, count. Well, because I think about the Book of Mormon, which, which is uh, a which is a a, a a title that I have no bias toward. Whatsoever. Well, I don't even
1: know what you think about it, uh-huh. but I think when I hear people. Criticize it? Uh-huh. They haven't seen it because it's actually such a beautiful show about religion as and a, about belief.
0: As a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I was not yet. Yeah, and for people listening to it, like take a deep breath. It's fine. I'm fine with it. So, <laughs> as a member of the Church, I was not offended by the you Book weren't. Of Mormon. No, I never asked you that. Oh, look what I'm learning. No, I always say like my joke is always that when I was watching the Book of Mormon, I thought, oh, this is how real orphans must feel while watching Annie. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> yeah. Where where you're like, well that's cute. That's, not entirely yeah, accurate. Yeah. Right. However, you you look at and I do not need the Book of Mormon to be like the LDS version of Fiddler on the Roof. Right. Like that's not what I'm asking for. But you look at tradition and Tevi is, you know, introducing his prayer shawl and and that he always wears his hat on his head, and these are traditions and it, it keeps us close to God, mm-hmm. right? and uh, and you sit there and you watch it very objectively and you're like oh that's sweet i'm getting to know these people i'm getting to know their culture and you you put that right next to the book of mormon where the undergarments is just a sight gag right so i i wonder if as a society we are ju- we're just too cynical at this point maybe to well, have but fiddler approach. still does well well it? but that's why we have revivals yeah you know because i i don't want to be cynical but i but how i'm feeling with like current musical theater is <clears throat> musicals are are kind of one of two things on broadway they're either they either fall in the category of cool <laughs> which is which is hot people yeah. or pop contemporary music that right. requires like really right fantastic high belting singing
1: mm-hmm.
0: right <laughs> or self aware Right, which is self-aware musical, yeah. Which is like wink, wink. We know we're doing a musical, we're right. on the joke. Oh yeah. So if it's not a cool well, that's musical, how they end up doing TV musicals, sort of. <laughs> so it's either a cool musical or yeah. a self-aware musical, and mm-hmm. I don't think Fiddler is either one of no. those things. And pretty much m- most of the musical theater from the Golden Age are neither of those things, and that's why we have right. revivals, is because right. there needs to be, something needs to. Fill I saw two that.
1: revivals of Fiddler this year alone. See. There you go, go go figure the Yiddish one, and I oh. saw one uh, at the Meunier Chocolate Factory in London. Oh, in London,
0: how sweet! How sweet, get it? Chocolate uh, Factory. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tradition happens. By the way, what is your favorite verse of tradition? Because you know they do the four different, you know, the mothers, the fathers. The daughters, the sons, they all have their own verse, and then they sing them in counterpoint.
1: I actually like the both. Yeah, I agree. I think the mothers have the best one, and the sons have the worst.
0: Horrible. So, tradition's great. Then we meet Tevi and his family. Yes. Now, I just have a question.
1: Because I don't want to... Is it rhetorical, or to me? No, it's
0: like, it's actually a question for you, including all you are. What? <laughs> How would you describe Golda? How would I?
1: Well, she's the mother of. She's a mother and a wife, and a wife and a mother, and she's also um, an anchor of the of the story. Really, that's that's great.
0: My first introduction to Fiddler was back home in Utah. All of the congregations got together. Uh, in our area to put on a production of Fiddler and my mom played the piano oh, for, for the Do you know how production. happy that makes me yeah. to hear and it, that. And it was and it was, and I was young <laughs> enough that I <laughs> that I wasn't in the show. But oh, I remember going to God. the rehearsals and watching and uh, Mrs. Scott Parsons was playing Mrs. Scott Parsons <laughs> 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 No Carlo was playing the piano and she's fantastic. But my mom is such a sweet, kind woman. That to see a woman like Golda scared me. Was she shrill to you? She, and as an adult, I look back and I don't hate Golda. But I feel like, is that a big cultural difference? Say with just Jewish mothers in general. My mother wasn't like that, but
1: yes, that, I think it's almost made me a stereotype. Is it in a way, the like you know that the one that the Jewish w- woman rules the house right. kind of thing? Right. But you know the Jewish and I'm certainly not. Um, I'm Jewish, but I'm not so knowledgeable about sure. um, the intricacies. It is ironic that your take as a Mormon Uh was wow, what's going on there? Yet in the religion and still the Orthodox. The women were still subservient not allowed you know the True. women have to sit upstairs they um can't dance they have to be on this side of the rope right. uh, women are really treated like second class
0: citizens sure cuz like you know dad is the one who reads the holy book
1: and they're sort of the baby
0: makers
1: that's me that's this is my opinion interesting um
0: well and okay so so we meet golda we uh, we learn that hevia has five daughters right three of which are in the mood to get married at some point soon. in the well forced ma- forced marriage right but in, ter- oh, we, in but terms they, of but they will call it a arranged marriage yeah yeah exactly because we've got Yenta the matchmaker yes. who was played in the original Broadway production by B Arthur thank you isn't known that, as Beatrice Arthur isn't that
1: crazy since we're up to the matchmaker number yes May I say that what the revelation that I got from the documentary, and it mm-hmm. might be in that Barbara Eisenberg book mm-hmm. that you, uh, that there's a book all about Fiddler. Yes, but there's a new documentary called Miracle of Miracles. Um, and what I didn't realize—oh, I hope you don't—I'm going to see if your face lights up with this—that <laughs> Fiddler is one of the most intense feminist musicals ever written. Oh. You, that, you. That's really? rough. that's news to you. That's news to me. Think about it. Even in the song and this documentary talk, they talk about matchmaker, which seems like for an hour, really, because of they realize I, I don't know if I want to be matched. With,
0: Maybe I shouldn't.
1: Please don't make him drunk. Don't make him this. Mm-hmm. And when you think about the journey of the three daughters. The other two don't do anything, as we said. Sure. Those three daughters, it is—think about it, Jeffrey. Oh, absolutely. Right? no, you're totally one right. One is like, I'm marrying Muddle because I love him. Mm-hmm. I'm going with the Russian who's not Jewish, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to leave the family for it. And the other one is— She um, wants
0: to be like a progressive— A progressive. —proponent for change.
1: Correct. Which would—maybe she was the beginning of—or I don't know when the reform
0: movement started. Sure. But, um, that's so. That's really cool. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the very first episode of a musical theater podcast. I want to take some time real quick to talk to you about my friends at Studio C Performing Arts. Now, they're located in Westlake Village, California, about 40 minutes northwest of L.A., and they are dedicated to teens and young adults seeking professional training in all areas of the musical theater experience. Their classes and workshops are taught by industry pros in very small groups and private settings to accelerate. Triple threat skills. And if that wasn't enough, Studio C is also a producing entity creating professional opportunities to audition for and perform in shows like All Shook Up, Thoroughly Modern Millie, Freaky Friday, and their upcoming production of Heathers. In short, they're blowing up. Now, they've recently announced an expansion that will allow for self-tape and voiceovers and have welcomed a partnership with Born to Perform Studios to give even more ages the opportunities to explore the magic of musical theater. So look, at the very least, go check them out on Instagram at scperformingarts to keep up with all things Studio C. And if you're in Southern California, be sure to stop by to take a class, audition, or buy tickets to one of their shows. In fact, since Studio C are our friends, they're offering a special deal to our listeners. Drop in and take a dance class, and if you mention a musical theater podcast, you'll only pay 10 bucks. That's it. That's 50% off a regular-priced dance class. I can't think of any place where you can get a $10 dance class, so take them up on that offer. Go to studiocperformingarts.com or, once again, scperformingarts on Instagram to see their full schedule. And don't forget to mention a musical theater podcast to get your $10 dance class. And just because I can, let me say it one more time. Studio C Performing Arts. I can't remember what I was talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted so much. Oh, we were up to Matchmaker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's just just keep going. So Matchmaker happens. We find out that Seidel, the oldest daughter, wants to marry... Her a, childhood friend. Like, why, they've been friends forever. And why shouldn't they be married? They're so cute. Actually, this is a great opportunity to play Mary, Date, or Dump. Now, Mary, Date, or Dump is a G-rated version yes, of,
1: the, yes, of the
0: of the other one. Which that, I've
1: only seen Andy Cohen do. This, oh, really? Knew that
0: this is a thing. We're going to play Mary, Date, or Dump with the three suitors oh. of Tevye's daughters. So you've got Model, the, the tailor... Who you, goes with Seidel? What goes? Which goes with Seidel? You got Perchik, who's the revolutionary, I guess, and then you've got fiedka the Russian, who goes with Hava. That's your. That would be your part, Russian. You master. think so? That's who. Well, he has to dance, and well, sometimes. Yeah. Well, I. I guess
1: in a dinner theater production, he dances. That's <laughs> hilarious.
0: So, okay, so of those three, who would you marry? Who would you dump? Who would you date? Me? Yeah. You're. Uh, oh. Because to me, I feel like this is a very clear cut. Possibility. I would marry Muddle. Mm-hmm. He has a job. <laughs> Cute. Come on, that that is a good father. That yeah, is like that's good. That's solid partnership. Right oh, and there. date. Um, what's his name?
1: Uh, the Bert Convy part.
0: Uh, uh, per, per, Perchik. Yeah. Date. You date Perchik. Yeah. And dump Fiedka. Although you. Dating I, Fiat dating Fietka
1: would be a really interesting
0: evening. I would Fiatka. say, I would say, um, dumb project. Stop telling me how much you know. I'm so I'm not funny. interested.
1: Perfect. I'm getting the Mormon um,
0: take on it. <laughs> okay, so now let's do Tevia's daughters because no, we, you didn't do Mary. Oh, did we find out from you? Yeah. Oh, oh, well, oh. yeah. So Mary Model, of yeah, course. Yeah. That's just that's a no brainer. Yeah. Uh, date Fiatka. Yeah. Because I think you, you're I, right. I don't think you want to be married to Fiedka, but no. like, but. go go to dinner, yeah, <laughs> and then and and dump Perchick, because he's tortured.
1: I'm going to change mine to yours. Yeah, and I like what. Yes, <laughs> okay. it makes more. My I was crazy. Of course, <laughs> of course, we want to go to dinner with Fiedka.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Okay, now Mary, Day what was I dump. thinking? Let's do Seidel Hodel Hava, oh. which I think is. Up for debate much more. I would want to marry Seidel. Okay. Yeah. I think I would go marry Hoddle because she's got a brain on her. Yes, she does. I would date Hava. Who, because she seems really sweet, but yeah. of everyone, right, a wild girl of those girls, I think she's the one who's most likely to turn into Golda, which we've already established <laughs> terrifies me. And then, and probably dump title because she's just a worrywart. She is. Yeah. She is. But also, kind of the eldest. Right. Syndrome.
1: Okay, so now let's do now La <laughs> since I'm older than you. Let Marry Laser Wolf. Oh my gosh,
0: no. <laughs> Poor laser. No. So model and title wanna get married. Um, but she has been promised to Laser Wolf right. by Tevia, like they've gone together,
1: they drank. Which, well, which was set up by Yenta.
0: Yes. Because he has
1: a good dowry
0: and uh, a butcher shop. He's a rich dude. Yes. He also has a dead wife named Frumasera, who (sighs) we know is my favorite. I guess we should say that when Laser Wolf and and Tevia make the deal, they do a huge dance number to life, which is amazing. It is. And there's always a a Russian soloist who... Is often played by Fiedka, but not always. That's funny. And when I did it in dinner theater... Oh, no,
1: never mind. No, we're, I've jumped to the wedding. Oh, so okay, I, okay. I had to do the bottle dance. You had to? Uh-huh. Well, I'm, you got to do the bottle dance. <laughs> and it never—it didn't drop ever. That, How that, do you like that? That's great. Well, I think that the choreography was like walking. You <laughs> just like, look, I turned around in a circle. I Zirple. turned. Fantastic. I turned.
0: I, I would say that my... If I had a complaint with the movie version, which I once again watched last night, it would be that I don't feel like the director knew how to film dancing very well.
1: Norman Jewison.
0: Which, funny enough, not a
1: Jew. That Which is brought up. I knew it, but it was brought up Isn't in the documentary. It's a big part of the
0: documentary. So they're in that little uh, cafe bar yeah. or whatever, you know, drinking and Ta- dancing. Well, I think Tavern. they were taverns. Thank you. Thank you. And, um... And he was in a bistro. He was in a bistro. They were
1: in the bistro in Anatofco.
0: It, it, it was a gastropub <laughs> in Silver Lake. And... There's I'll have just, the Brussels sprouts, You See, the avocado toast. Yes. And the, the thing is, it could be in Silver Lake because it's just so small. Exactly. And I... I totally understand why he did that, because everything about the film is right, very right. realism-based, yeah. but it it doesn't do great things for finding great camera angles no. for, for dance. Well, he did two musicals, I think, that and Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, he did two yeah. Superstar as well. Which You're is right. a weird movie. Um, okay, so To Life Happens. Then Tevya realizes Model and Seidel want to get married. Seidel doesn't want to get married to Laser right. Wolf. And it's such a beautiful scene <sighs> when Seidel plays it right because right. you just you, you see the love and care that he has for, for his daughter. I agree. and um, It's so beautiful. And it really is kind of the catalyst for the rest of the show, Correct. which is how much...
1: Now, now how the much, train starts
0: rolling. Yeah, how much do you love your children? Do you love them more than these quote-unquote traditions? that you think bring you safety in your life. That's right. And and so he decides to let them get married, which means that now he has to convince his wife, Golda.
1: Come up with a ruse.
0: <laughs> to How on earth are we going to get out of this agreement that we've made? Which with, is brilliant, with right? A brilliant musical conceit. And so he makes up this dream that Laser Wolf's dead wife, Rumicera, comes back from the grave. And as it, Ethel Berman. As Ethel, um, with pearls, always with pearls, and threatens that if Seidel marries Laser Wolf, I she will come. She will come to her by night and like put take her, out her by the, the throat. You're <laughs> just performing the entire <laughs> score for us today. I'll end. give you I'll give you It's such a great moment. It's so <laughs> theatrical, so over the top, but like exactly what you want at right. that point in the story, in terms of a little bit of fantasy. Yeah, I also think, I need to say that I think Frumacera is, is probably my introduction to loving the film Hocus Pocus, which is... Oh my God. Which is basically three Frumaceras for the price of one.
1: <laughs> I couldn't like you more and right Be- now. And Bette
0: Midler is Cap- one of, is in Hocus Pocus. So and Bette
1: Midler, P- B- Kathy Najimy, and who's the third Sarah one? Jessica Parker, of oh, course.
0: all, th- who's... God lover. her. I mean, I love all of them. But there's the they Bette Midler are, tie-in. So
1: Hocus Pocus is basically Fru sara times Sera- three.
0: I am so happy
1: right now that <laughs> you have no idea that that is delicious. Yeah,
0: but, but, but my point <laughs> being, there is a Fiddler tie-in because Bette Midler was the original title Not repl- the, uh, re- replacement. Not the replacement. The original yes. title replacement. Yes, she and replaced had- that. Joanna Merlin. Joanna Merlin. Who's casting director. Is she really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, Sorry, Joanna. I auditioned for her. Role. H- Hi- hire me whenever you want. Have you ever seen that performance on the Un- Tony Awards? Yes. So, on YouTube. For those who haven't seen it, you can go on YouTube and type in Bette Midler for on the Roof, yes. and there's a performance, I think, from like the 1968 or something, yes, Tony Awards. Yes, that's right. And they're doing a, a little review of some of the musicals that have won Best Musical right. that are still playing on Broadway. And, and Bette Midler's and got Bette, that
1: kerchief on.
0: And Bette Midler oh. is doing Matchmaker with two other women. That's is right. Is Adrian Barbeau one of them? Adrian Barbeau was a title. So oh, okay. No. So no. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Wow. Sorry. Oh my God. All over the place. <laughs> this is what this is what this podcast is going to be is just all of this musical theater trivia. And please, for those who are listening. Latch on to whatever you want because yes. there is the, the canon is deep. The river runs deep in terms of musical theater. But, yeah, go and look at that clip because Bette Miller is serving it. She's doing great, great yes. work. And you can see the original Jerome Robbins matchmaker choreo, which is, thrilling. which is just it works. It works so well and is so clean and they perform it so well. If I don't see those sliding mops, do not take me to that fiddler. I got gotcha. you. I got you, and uh, I will store that information for the <laughs> for my future productions. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, okay, the dream works. Gold is like <sighs> so spit on her you know, two fingers. It's heaven. Then model and title are going to get, get married. married. In the meantime, Tevia has met this revolutionary yes. named Perchik. Who is a teacher, and he invites him to come and start teaching his daughters That's right. Stories from the Bible. That's right. Perchik meets Hoddle. They start. There's a the connection. There's, there's a, a love spark. Match. There's a spark, and we find out their true intentions during the wedding, right, right? during model and den- which wedding. is an unbelievable. So word. they start singing "Sunrise Sunset" Forget for it. the wedding. I know now. I am too young to have been alive when I feel like Sunrise, Sunset was playing nonstop everywhere at all times. Stephen ED, Yeah. Forget it. Like everybody recorded that song. And
1: it was sung at every wedding and bar mitzvah
0: that I went to. Really? That's adorable. Did you, did you have one? A bar mitzvah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm sure they played Sunrise, Sunset. <laughs> they better. Oh, going back to—sorry. Yeah. I'm going back to the dream. Can we talk a little bit about Grandma Seidel? Oh, yes. Because she's always just like a skeleton dusted with powdered sugar. Right. Yeah, I just, I I find her to be (laughs) childlike in a weird sense. uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. We could almost have the little girl playing Bielka
0: play oh, grandma, or Grandma,
1: Tidal. grandma Tidal. So now she has something else to do. That's funny. Perhaps just a little more money if it was an equity
0: production.
1: She gets <laughs>
0: she another gets a bump. Tr- she gets, she a bump. gets a bump. I get it. Um, okay. I and I also skipped Miracle of Miracles.
1: Oh yes, which.
0: Uh, th- I cried several times while watching the movie yesterday yeah. and I used to think that that, that song was dorky Yeah, <sighs> I will totally admit that I used to think it was dorky and now it makes me cry I just think it's such a pure celebration of love and joy and is probably one of the and one of the reasons why I think musical theater can be so confronting to us as humans, because it's so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. To It's so vulnerable and honest and earnest to sing I Love You yeah. that, that it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. We're not okay with that discomfort, yeah, and so then we decide that musicals are dumb or stupid. But I, I don't know. I would really, if there are any, you know grad students out there willing to do a project, I think it would be really interesting to look at the relationship between people who think, who are uncomfortable with musicals and people who are just uncomfortable with vulnerability in general. That's so interesting. Because, oh, that's fascinating. You know? Oh, you really hit it. Because I, 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 obviously, when I was younger, I would hear that song and think, oh, my gosh, like, he's such a nerd for doing this. Right. And now old being, you know, feeling much more comfortable with feeling and knowing who I am, right, I, I, that I recognize that. how sweet and joyful it, it It's a be. sweet number. Yeah. So then they get married. There's sunrise, sunset. After they get married, there's a there's the, the big dance, obviously, with the, bottle, the dance. bottle dance, which is, I guess this would be a great time to talk about Jerome Robbins. Yes. Who did quite a bit of research. Going into this show. I mean he he was Jewish. I think his original name was Rabinowitz. Rabinowitz, right. yes. But he was always attending um, Orthodox weddings and celebrations to kind of look at how and he would drag along his costume designers and stuff to be paying attention to how people dress. Yeah, they talk about this in the documentary,
1: I believe, the boisterous dancing, even though the Orthodox religion is so mm-hmm. um dry in mm-hmm. a way that there's this boisterous
0: boisterous dancing with the men only. There's definitely a piece of my culture in there because my ancestors, you know, were absolutely the pioneers walking to Utah,
1: you know. <laughs> That's why um, I was told that the Mormons feel that
0: it's their story. I mean, it really, it's the story about my people that isn't about my people.
1: I, I, I really feel that way. Because the Anatevka for the Mormons is somewhere in New York, and then they find— um, they,
0: they, I mean, they started out in Kirtland. Yeah. Then they went to Missouri— um, in Missouri, there's like an extermination order set out against them. Unbelievable. So then they go to Nauvoo, Illinois, which was commerce, and they, they named Nauvoo and built a city there. Then they got—the mobs came and drove them out of that place, and so then they just started going west— and when they reached, you know, Salt Lake, that's when... Bergen, Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Um, that's when Bergman was like, well, here's the place, right? <laughs> and because my ancestors are are those people who, you know, um, who are walking with their hand carts to, to Salt Lake, we talk about this every year. You know, this is definitely a part of our tradition where we, you know, celebrate the sacrifices of them, you know, walking it's somewhere. It's the Jews to, walking through the desert. Yeah, so, it's so, so similar. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I, I know, and I don't, mean to say that my people have suffered in the way that the, those of the Jewish faith have, that there's, you know, no comparison, but there is a degree of connection in terms of humanity. When I look at what does an exodus do to a culture, amazing. you know, and it, it's something that That's amazing. It's, it's something that you keep in, yeah. in your mind. Yeah. So oh but what I know about my pioneer ancestors is that Every night, they—I mean—they were walking all day, right, pushing handguards. and then at night they were singing and dancing. Amazing. Which, which, as a dancer, blows my mind because the last thing I would want to do is be on my feet. Let me go to bed, right? But they felt the need to celebrate, right? And so the, there was always uh, a lot of singing and dancing at the end of. At, you know around the campfires or whatever and it re- it reminds me of, of this yeah. in terms of you know a very conservative um, orthodox culture that is that, you know when Jerry Robbins said that <laughs> I keep calling him Jerry um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> your pal Jerry my
0: pal Jerry that he would go to these weddings and like right. would dance with them mm-hmm. and would be covered in sweat because he'd be dancing Amazing. so hard with everyone and so the idea that there is this release and celebration as a people and and in terms of connection I think he found very inspiring as a choreographer. Yeah. It's thrilling. And 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 he was able to really bring it I think in the oh show. Oh my as gosh, well. it's amazing. Now, he is also known for being kind of the meanest person in the world on earth. And I don't understand why he needed to be so mean because there's a difference between um, and here's okay. This is a this is a pet peeve I have is when people say, "Oh, well, he was a perfectionist," and I'm like, "Stop using that right. word right as a compliment." I agree. It's not. It, it's like a curse. If right. anything, perfectionism is a curse because right. it doesn't exist. So then, what? Who is this person who who like is so terrified to make a mistake? Mm-hmm. Or is so controlling over all of the elements that he has to be so cruel and mean to people. I don't. I don't. I don't know. He's a he's a conundrum for me. But oh my god, the the and his, yet, and his work, right? Genius. Because well, we already talked West about how story. well we talked about how Gypsy is in is possibly your number one in, mm-hmm. in my top three. That's right. And and. And my top three are probably Fiddler Gypsy and Westside and the through line through them all right. is Jerome Robbins. That's right. So, so I don't I don't know what to do, but like right. the, the the work is great, but I would I want to believe that you can be a better human being and right. still come up with that kind
1: and of And not work. be humiliated and terrified. Oh my god.
0: There's no Did way that imagine? he was I mean, there's no
1: way he was happy, right? No. He was not a happy Could person. Could not be a happy person.
0: <laughs> I mean I never met him.
1: No, you looking at me like you're old. Have you? Have you? No. <laughs> when, you, when you did plain and fancy and summer stock. No, did you? <laughs> no. I auditioned for Jerome Robbins Broadway, but he wasn't there. Gotcha. Oh, goodness.
0: All right. So Jerome Robbins earlier, you know, before Fiddler on the Roof was brought before the House of Un. What is it? Uh, 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 Un-American <laughs> activities. Is that right? I just know musicals. No, The House on America. Yes. Well, and so they bring him, they bring Jerome Robbins in, and he tattles on a bunch of people. And what ends up happening. But do you know why he tattled? They, I think because he was afraid that he would be outed otherwise. Well, that that makes sense. It was another time. So he tattles on a bunch of people. What ends up happening is uh, Zero Mostel. Is one of them. Or not his directly, but I think... But it comes out because of that. Yes. He ends up becoming blacklisted. Now, Zero Mostel was the original Tevye, and at that point, his career was really kind of blowing up. He was, you know, making... He was finding a lot of work in TV and film as well as being a Broadway star. And then the blacklisting thing happens, and it completely squashes his career for right. some time. So that was all basically because of Jerome Robbins. Right. Fast forward now all of this time, he knows that Jerome Robbins is going to be the director. I'm imagining. This person who uh, was, you know, responsible for his blacklisting for so long. And then they had to work together on this this piece. I, I, I heard that when—I I can't remember if it was the first rehearsal for Fiddler or the first rehearsal for Forum. But the uh, everybody was waiting to see how Zero and Jerome Robbins were going to— I
1: think it's Fiddler. It wasn't Fiddler. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, um, Zero said, "Hi, a loose lips." That's very funny, oh and, and everybody God. laughed, and Jerome Robbins even laughed, and so like it really put everybody at ease a little bit. But I, but there are also a lot of other stories where I Zero imagine. was very hurt for a very very long time about about all of that. And and I, what, what do you think of Zero Mostel? I was you know in preparation for this, I was going to try and find rhinoceros. Yeah for those who don't know Zero Mostel the original Max Bialystock and the producer's film from right. the 70s not the 60s music. oh is it the 60s yeah. okay so from the 60s he also they did a weird movie version of Forum oh geez, that's so awful yeah but yeah. that he's in and and then Rhinoceros which yeah. is what he won a Tony Award for right before Fiddler that's right and I haven't seen that film
1: I have yeah, uh, yeah I think it's, I saw it when I was young yeah I think it's weird.
0: Um, Well, it's isn't
1: Ion Ionesco? Yeah, so uh, not for everyone's uh, taste. Sure, but But he was he was a um, very well respected dramatic actor.
0: Absolutely, just kind of an artist's man. I think he was really into painting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, he loved classical music. Renaissance. Yeah, he Renaissance. Sure, but then at the same time, uh, people often complained about him. Just kind of going off the rails in terms of performing this show. Yes,
1: when I saw I saw him do a revival of Fiddler in nineteen maybe seventy-seven in the round at Westbury Music okay. Fair. And I do remember him sitting on people's laps in the audience, like in the middle of the show. Really? Yeah. So that's a little out of control. Interesting. But he still delivered the show, the so, goods. So but that, but what, looking where, back on it now,
0: you're like, really? Well, where do you think that comes from, Who though? Because I mean, it's like, it's not from boredom. Maybe yeah, he was bored. I, I don't want to say a lack of discipline right. or anything, because that sounds so elementary. But, and he obviously understood art. But exactly, he, but he wasn't. It didn't seem like he was very fulfilled in doing the same show. Or
1: an like something like your ego goes on banana. Now that now that's mode. actually a very fair point. And you're like, oh, I have to be the star of this show and be so much larger than life that I'm going to sit on someone's lap in the
0: audience. Well, and he was he was kind of known for saying that Fiddler was his show. Yeah, like he was the show. I remember
1: because I've been obsessed with musicals forever when they announced that Zira still would not be doing the movie, that there was like, well, how could it be? How could anyone else possibly do it? Blah hmm. blah 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 Brilliant. blah. And um now that I'm older and look back on Topol, am Topol Amazing performance! It is, yeah. and still I like. He brought it back. We are in Hollywood, uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. He there was a tour maybe eight years ago where Topol came back. It was Seriously? at the Pantages. Yeah, eight years
0: ago, maybe. Wow, ten years ago, maybe, and he was good. Really? Yeah, that's that's another interesting character, Topol. Yeah, because in the movie he's younger than I am now. Isn't that crazy? And we're talking close-ups too. Yeah, where you he has so many close-ups. It's just a in that different film. time. People look different. People, I mean, he he looks weathered.
1: Yeah, <laughs> people look different. Yeah.
0: Anyway, he's he is terrific. Oh, uh, Patty Lupone had horrible things to say about him. Yes, he did. Yes, she did. Really bad. Well, I'm sure the ego. Yeah, it's. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot. I've been thinking a lot about ego lately, just in terms of my own um, creative endeavors. And musical theater happens so quickly in in the rehearsal process. Everything is happening personally and at a very high speed. Yeah. Because, you know, you're giving of yourself. Right. And so the opportunities for the ego to flare up are so... Vast well, and 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 oh, kind of comes and, from, and kind of in succession, but it comes from fear because oh, am I going
1: to look like an idiot dancing? Am I going to not hit that note? Uh, am I singing flat and everyone is standing behind me going, Oof, get a load of him?
0: I'm I'm trying out, out new, I'm trying out new things that may not work, and right. then I'm going to get a note. And how is that note communicated? Right. And how does that feel? And does it trigger things like correct? The, it, you know what I yeah. mean? No, I like, get it. Like, and I I just can see how easy it is for monsters to be created. Well, I think you forget, like,
1: sometimes, I don't know, someone recently said to me, I can't believe you can just get up and sing in front of people. Like, that's like, terrifies people. Sure. You
0: know. And for good reason, because when you do, boy, do the demons start coming out.
1: Yes, but now (laughs) there are drugs for that.
0: Thank you. Now! (laughs) Do the work. Uh, okay, sorry. So, the wedding happened. Yes, and then the... Now let's talk about pogrom. Because pogrom is a Russian term. Basically, the Russians would come into these Jewish communities and create a lot of chaos and violence to, to intimidate them and show them who's still in charge. Right. Right? That's how the first act ends. And I don't know why, but, for example, watching The Little Mermaid, when King Triton would come in and destroy Ariel's grotto... I, that was always the moment when I would go to the kitchen and get a glass of water because I could not watch that scene. It hurt me so bad. And, and, <laughs> and I kind I, of...
1: Since I'm 110, that would be the same as when the Wicked Witch uh, was sort of Oz.
0: Oh, really? TV's TV. When sca- she
1: would... Just scared me. Oh, just scared you? Torturing Dorothy up and... Oh, when, yeah. okay. I get scared that.
0: Scared me to death. I get that. Yeah, I feel the same way a little bit about the post-wedding program because... It's the darn pillows. The pillows are the always the ones. Because, and I don't know if they did this in the original production or if it started Those with the pillows. film. But they always make such a thing about it. They're like, yeah. you know, Tevia, the No, that's the, in the play. Yeah. The, 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 goose. The, or yeah. Whatever yeah, the, the line exactly. is. Exactly. They say the father of the bride is giving to the happy couple, you know, this and this and this. And these goose feather pillows. Right. And there's always some ensemble member who really like drives it home. Oh, goose right. feathers. Uh-huh. Da da da. Business. Exactly. <laughs> watermelon, watermelon, peas and carrots. So then the Russians come in, and I'll be darned if the first thing they don't do is rip open those pillows. Oh, those pillows. And basically, and basically tell them, these are your dreams. Yes. and Good luck sweeping them all up and putting them back into the And I pillows. think I saw one about a half hour ago from
1: the matinee this afternoon that still floated around. I'm about, sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, it makes me so sad. <laughs> I would be fine. The stage crew is very busy during the intermission. During mission, cleaning up all the feathers.
1: All of that stuff.
0: So then that's how the first act ends. Is yes. This.
1: Well, and then Tevia, um, if it's a good production, looks up. Um, I think the one I just saw in London, he doesn't look up and ask God, like, why are you doing
0: this? Really? Do you know what? That's a problem. This is production. actually a really great uh, um, point. I think, in my own opinion. I'm about to make a really great point. I think Jeffrey's um, about to blow himself away. <laughs> no, the, um, one of the reasons why I think this approach to religion, spe- specifically the Orthodox religion, is so palatable is because of Tevia, Is because of the character of Tevye. He When he talks to God— mm-hmm. He talks to God like he's talking to anybody. Right. He's not getting onto some holy altar, no. raising his arms in the air, and talking like he you would never talk to That's, anybody else.
1: I bet the brilliance of the original Shalom Aleichem story.
0: Which, which makes sense yeah. to me. And all of a sudden, you you sense the faith of this man. Right. Because... He's able to talk to God like he would. Talk yeah, to like anyone. he'll say, oh, "Some I'm paraphrasing. Like mm-hmm. you
1: had to give me a horse with a limb."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah right, exactly, with the yeah. bad leg. Yeah, and I I love that that is a relationship that yeah. we see throughout yeah. the show is yeah. his relationship with, with God, God, questioning him, um, sometimes in a humorous way, sometimes in a real pleading sort right. of way, sometimes in an angry way. Right. But it is we never question that his scene partner isn't there, right? With the fiddler of the
1: tradition mm-hmm. of the, the the fiddler always lurking, also sure watching the show,
0: sure, which is amazing w- w- and and such a great symbol for it's you know, for how these people feel. Oh, it's unbelievable! Yeah, it's now from what I understand. That was a Jerome Robbins idea from uh, a painter. From, yes, from a painter, Mark, Mark Chagall. Chagall. And when you look at it, it's a it's a fiddler who seems to be balancing on right. roof. And they and they really kind of uh, designed the original set piece. That's th- right. To feel those Boris Aronson designs. Yes,
1: amazing.
0: All right. So then, second act starts. Yes, and we are now with. Daughter number two. The opening of the second act is... Uh, tepid? A little tepid with yeah. that song, Now I Have Everything. Well, look, we've already discussed that I am not I a huge Perchek fan. I know you're Although I, I wouldn't it's mind... It's a good song, though. It is. Yeah. It is. I think
1: it's a daring opening. It's just them singing that song. It's true. Tevia is still, you know, backstage eating the rest of the cake. And having his coffee. The green room. Yeah, in the green room. Sure. Maybe having another in granola
0: bar. <laughs> Some goldfish crackers uh-huh. are very popular uh-huh. nowadays in uh-huh. green rooms. Uh, so th- now I have everything. They're committed to each other. Tevia says, okay. Right. Right? And all of a sudden he's realizing that these girls are marrying for love. Like right. Everyone's obsessed with love now. That's right. So then he has a... a he has a really great scene with his wife
1: which is maybe with the bench scene in carousel which the I, if i loved you mm-hmm. one of the greatest moments of musical theater
0: but it, in terms of writing it is oh my god so it, it, it's not only dramatically effective right. but also you are so getting I am, <laughs> but like but also so true to these characters oh my right god. these people who where uh, their marriage was arranged, oh. they they made it work. They obviously have affection, but they don't understand how to really talk about it. Like it's such a cultural shift. This right. idea, and I, and I, I'm
1: getting all teary just thinking <laughs> about because it's it's such so major mm-hmm. because the world is
0: changing. Yeah, how do we change with the world? At, at some point, we had this. We started shifting toward this culture where. You need to talk about your feelings. You mm-hmm. need to uh, explore and communicate in a way that is much more literal. And and you see this couple who's been together for 25 years mm-hmm. going through that enormous cultural shift in one song. And it's
1: perfectly me- melodic.
0: Mm-hmm. And the lyrics and... It from, is. From what I understand, Sheldon Harnick wrote the, wrote the scene, essentially, the lyric. And it was one of the very few times where he just sent the lyric and said, if you can, if you, if you can make something out of this great, oh. I'll, I'll revise my lyrics as needed. But it's, Jerry Bach just wrote music to exactly what he it's wrote. It's just the, the greatest... Greatest, greatest. As I say, up there
1: with this bench with scene in Carousel.
0: It's very and it almost. Um, it's a
1: it's a full play.
0: People will say we're in love. Uh, it kind of reminds me of yeah. a little bit of the same thing. Yeah. Anyway, so great, and I love that they have that moment. Yeah.
1: Together, it doesn't change a thing.
0: It Doesn't. But even
1: so, oh. after twenty five years, it's nice to know. Oh, forget it. Right. So freaking. If awesome. you're not crying in the audience, it's. It, you wait until the better production comes.
0: W- or or wait twenty-five <laughs> years. Yeah. And and right. you will. You'll get it. Right. I really feel the like with the classics, there's something that draws you to them, mm-hmm. right? So like I because I liked Fiddler when I was little, but then the older I got, then it wasn't it wasn't just a matter of entertainment. It was a matter of like this is speaking some eternal truth to my soul.
1: When I saw the uh, the mid-'90s uh, National Theater uh, carousel mm-hmm. uh, in Lincoln Center, mm-hmm. and I, that's when I realized, wait a minute, Rogers and Hammerstein are major. Mm-hmm. And we grew up with the movies, which sure. are a little sugar So I remember watching that production and thinking... Does he abuse like, his wife and carousel like, like that? Is, is and this I was the like, plot, "Oh, really? it did." It does all happen with Gordon McRae and Shirley Jones, but it it seemed like romantic, not so bad.
0: Well, and I I think that is has been uh, a criticism of Fiddler, um, at least when I was looking at some of the original uh, reviews. Right, like both Walter Kerr and um, Brooks right. Atkinson were not kind, not to digging it. it. Which just blows my mind. It's so
1: right, me um, too.
0: But it, it, they did feel like it was this very romantic look at Im, uh, you know immigrant life, and, and and maybe it is a little romantic. But Fiddler crosses
1: that barrier of being a very serious musical. Now that we look back on it, and also very approachable, and still very and very entertaining.
0: Yeah, still, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Very entertaining about quite a dark period of
0: history yeah. in, in um, the world. Yeah. Okay, back to the plot. So yes. Hoddle and Hoddle and Perchick, they decide to get married. Yes. Right? And then Perchick leaves. Yeah, suddenly that it's it typical
1: um, 1960s musicals. It's a it's a 45 minute second act. Okay. Everything happens
0: fast. So they so Perchik leaves to be a revolutionary. Yes. He gets put in jail in yes. Siberia. Right well, off stage. Yes, we don't see that. And so then Hodel has to board the train. Yes, to essentially just go be there with him. Yes, and she sings. Just oh. such a gorgeous song. So she, she sings Far From the Home I Love. Yes. Now, and the original Julia McGinnis. Yeah, Julia McGinnis was the original HODL. Oof. Stunning. And that song is so beautiful because gorgeous. of the way that he's playing with the minor and major. It's major. It's so and it cool. has um, that
1: line of dialogue God only knows when we shall see each other again. Oh. Again.
0: Tears. It's, you're you're messed. You're messed up. Yeah. It's such a great song. Yeah. So then she leaves. Now we're left with daughter number three, Lava. Well, well, yes, daughter number three. Because four and, five, four are and playing, five have literally been they playing. They are playing tracks.
1: Yahtzee backstage. They've been
0: doing Yahtzee. They are playing
1: Yahtzee with, um, you know, the woman who played from Sarah. They, no one has anything to do. Did you just skip over the whole rumor thing? Oh, no, when is, maybe when is we the did. It's not on the original album. It's just. A, I thought
0: I thought "Rumor" was after. Uh, oh, maybe. Was after uh, Hava. Was after the whole Hava. Thing.
1: Oh, maybe it is. Yes, because we're going to get into that sewing machine.
0: Yes, scene. Oh, right, right. So maybe. <laughs> oh, maybe that's a good one. <laughs> Title and model. Meanwhile, have. Received an, a new delivery, and we all think that it's it's a baby. It's a baby, but it ends up being a, a sewing, sewing machine. Which, but also showing that life Absolutely. is still uh, progressing. It's, it's not just a gag. That's Look what I love. Look at the stitches. Yeah, because and he very specifically says no more handmade clothes, That's only right. made by machine. Right, and it's he says the beginning it was, of the end. And he says it with such pride, and we're both excited for him. But on the inside, we're also a little oh man, yeah, because, because now, you see, it's the death
1: of this. Yes, just now we're going to have to shop at American Apparel on Ventura Boulevard. Not, <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. Oh, <sighs> Poor American Apparel. I know. Uh, I couldn't fit into any of
0: those clothes. You <laughs> could. <laughs> this is a size XL for who? Yeah. <laughs> so then, Hava, whose daughter number three has fallen in love with the Russian. Yes. Right. And they decide to tell Tevya. Right. And that does not go well. And it doesn't go well. No. Because now, uh, in the words of Tevia, how, if I bend that far, right. I will break. Right. Because, um, to marry outside the religion. Yeah, because we've we've married for love and that was fine, but it was, it was always within the faith. Right. And so he essentially decides that she's going to be dead. Right. To them. <sighs> I think it's... I think it's so sad and yet so brave to have this character who, once again, we have grown to love, make such a strong choice that could possibly turn the audience against him, you know, to uh, completely turn his back on one of his daughters. It's huge. Um, But also just raises the stakes so much for this idea of tradition and what what keeps us safe what doesn't especially when everything else seems to be falling away so mm-hmm. quickly whether it's you know uh the traditions of marriage or or Russians coming in and ruining your wedding right. you know like uh the safety of your family where is the steady ground you know and and so tevia decides that this is kind of where that line is for him and sings one of the most glorious songs, you, not on the original cast album. It's isn't it No, Havala, isn't it? Mm-mm. Little bird. It's so. And from what I understand, this was going to be like a huge ballet, like a Jerome Robbins second <gasps> oh, act ballet. I'm glad it wasn't like West Side Story. Oh, I'm glad it wasn't. And it's um, a mini ballet. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they had real problems figuring out the second. It's an elegant. It's an elegant. It's very simple oh, but so but so sweet where you where he sees his three girls all choosing, you know, their suitors and and, and kind of not needing him anymore. Right. You know? And mourning that and then on, becoming feminists. And then on then on top of it all, uh, Hava, who's always kind of been the sweetest, like that's part of the song. He right. says like she was always the the sweetest, kindest. Right the man that she has chosen to kind of replace him is his mortal enemy. That's right. You know? And, um, it always makes me cry, but it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Because I think that that then this is where personally I really connect to it. My dad passed away. Like before I, I came out Mm -hmm. or realized I was gay and I and I often make the joke. Sorry, family. I'm pretty sure that's the reason Dad was taken. Was it because <laughs> I'm not sure he would have been able to handle it. But watching Fiddler, I wonder like how much of yeah of his experience would my dad have gone through? You that's know, that's so interesting. Yeah, and I want to believe that uh, um, that he would want the best for me right. eventually, and, right. and would love me. And I and I and I. I'm almost positive that that's what would have happened. Right. But I also know the um, that that shakiness that you feel when oh, yeah. all of a sudden traditions aren't working anymore. That's right. So I, I have a lot of empathy, I think, for... See why it relates. Like, here's a whole other layer yeah, of why it Yeah. Sorry to cry on my own podcast. How embarrassing. Um, but... It it really is such a a powerful moment in the second act of all places. Right. You usually don't get something like that. No. The drama. Mm -hmm. The drama. There's no big 11 o'clock number. No. Okay, so the whole rumor thing happens, which is like a fun little... Uh, uh, I guess look into Anatevka Tefka and how the like, right. gossip works. Right. And, you know it's shticky stuff that happens in little towns, and that's and, like, what fun. comes from it's
1: something, fun. something, right?
0: <laughs> and that's what comes from dancing. Then the people of Anatevka Tefka find out that the heave ho, they gotta, they gotta leave. Yeah, which seems just insane. Yeah, that um a government would ever just come in and be like, um, <laughs> you, right. you can't be here anymore. Right, exactly right. And they do a really great job of kind of giving voice to every reaction that you could possibly have to it right. because some people are say, uh, we will stay and we will fight. Right, And, right. you know, an eye for an eye and two for a tooth. And Tevia says, Great, so then everyone will be blind and toothless. Which is a laugh line while you're crying. Exactly. So, so smart. And they're given three days. That's all they're given Mm -hmm. to pack up everything and go. And they sing uh, a song called Anatevka, which next to Do You Love Me, the duet between Tevye and Golda, I think is one of uh, the most perfect Pieces in this show, and it's such a simple piece of music because it is such a, a oh such a simple melody, and yet, like tonally, not in terms of music, but just like the tone of it is so specific. They're they're trashing on their town right. to protect themselves right. from the disappointment of leaving it. That's right. So they're like, so eh, it's not that great anyway, right? Which, in a way, is even more heartbreaking. Right. It would be it would be far less effective if they were just sitting there mourning their town. That's right. But the fact that they're going like in the extra mile to convince themselves that it's not worth missing with the most heartbreaking minor key, yeah, um, is is so smart and so much deeper than in in terms of acting and storytelling. Yeah, that's why it's a brilliant musical. Yeah. Now. The when Jerome Robbins directed and choreographed this show, he was really into circles, like yes. like a circle. With, it had a
1: um, revolve. Yeah,
0: it, yeah. For those who think the lame is uh-huh. was the one who you know no. came up with the revolving stage, I think Oliver had one too. So did My Fair Lady. Yeah. My Fair Lady had two, and then the Fiddler had one big revolving stage with a smaller one in the middle. What I always call the sidewalk. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and so during tradition, during the opening number, the whole town of Anatevka was creating this circle, right, to um, be a a symbol of their unity and their right. right. And so, in at the end of Anatevka, they get in that same circle. It's amazing, and then slowly break away and are going in all different directions. Some are, you know walking to Poland. Yenta, the matchmakers, going to Jerusalem. Yeah, someone's going to Chicago. Laser Wolf, I think, yeah. is going to Chicago yeah. and Tevye is going to New York. Right. And so then, they, and they say, we'll be neighbors, which is a great laugh line right. for those of us in America. So, everyone's going their separate ways because of, you know, this, this exodus. Uh, very sad. And then, no, you forgot a what whole did, thing that happened before that. Oh, oh, with the. While they're thinking. packing. No, that's so who true. Comes that's back. True. So then, Hava, right? Who, yes. The dead daughter. Because she's about to leave. The, <laughs> she's about to leave too. Technically, they could stay. Right. Because of Fiedka. Right. They could stay in right. that town. Right. Because he's Russian. But well, they But they decide, yeah. they have decided to leave because right. they do not want to be a part of right. some, you know, right town or government that would not allow that that would do this sort and of thing and then we have to get our tissues out again so because... so then so then <laughs> she she's trying to say goodbye and Tevye won't you know not acknowledge her existence right Gold is talking to her and so is subtitled so and then why don't you go ahead well then uh,
1: he says something like tell her to be happy or tell her to be safe or be mm-hmm. and you realize that he he still wouldn't say it directly to her, but he says it through title and that you can see it's it's killing him mm-hmm. that he can't, and he'll probably come around. Mm-hmm. Is what I always think. But change is hard.
0: Change is hard, and even slow. in Anatevka in Russia. Well, the 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 thing about you know with Hava, I think. For those of us who have, like, grown up in in cultures where we're afraid we won't be accepted for who we are or what we do. Hmm, Can we relate to that, Jeff? (laughs) When you get something like that, Mm -hmm. and I've had a very blessed life. I have a very supportive family, so I'm I'm very, very grateful. But when you get something like that from, like, the Tevye Gives, which is even— a message passed through it's your ma- daughter. It's amazing. It's the biggest gift. Yeah, and I and I I would hope that we that we don't see it as too little, too late. Right. Because there, when when the people you love give you everything right. they are able to give you, exactly. No matter how small it is, right. it means the world. It's
1: such a powerful in life. It's a powerful moment, but in that in the Piece of Fiddler on the Roof. What a powerful moment that's not musical. It's yeah. not danced. Absolutely. You're totally right. And that's something. Yeah. At the end of this musical, oh my God. Yeah. And it's almost a It's just such an unusual ending. So is West Side Story. Back to your Jerome Robbins. It's very true. Your
0: love of Jerome Robbins. So is the end of Gypsy when I think of it. So quiet. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it was whether subconscious or conscious, Hmm. he was giving audiences space and— For them to to, feel emotion. To take it in, you know, and decide what to do with it. Three very emotional endings.
1: I mean, I cry at the end of Gypsy, you know. Yeah.
0: When you look at the themes that he was so intent on exploring, and then the mistakes that he made—I'm talking about drama. In his life, yeah. And then you look at the mistakes that he made in terms of how he treated other people, and once again testifying um, during uh, the Red Scare and stuff, you're—it— it, it is a that is a complex individual so complex that who could not quite figure it
1: out in his who life who could even start to think about what that's all about so. right a lot but it was enough i i say this a lot kidding sometimes but i I'm, I'm not kidding that it really you may have to give a little bit of a pass it was another time
0: absolutely and he was doing once again like i maybe like tevia he was doing the best that he could absolutely you know? i think so um so then the the very end is you know tevia and his family walking off and yes. then you hear the the fiddler playing oh, that fiddler and this is also I think such a brilliant decision because Tevya invites him to, to come, come with him. Right. The tradition. And I think that when we are faced with crises of faith in our life, mm-hmm. we begin to realize that the tradition is not the faith. Right. But then we have the choice to bring the tradition with us. That's right. You know? Because oh, yeah. because at the very beginning, he Tevya says, I don't know why we do some of these things. Right. Right? But we do them, and it is our tradition, and it helps us stay close to God. Right. And then throughout the show, we see how all of these traditions, tra- uh, not all of these, but some of these traditions Broken. deteriorate. Deteriorate is right? a better word. And he faces a crisis of faith with his family and with his God, and wondering why on earth they're being driven out of this town. Right. So he, he's having yeah. these questions arise. Yeah. And I think that when he comes to a place of, we're going to be okay mm-hmm. regardless, you know. Oh my God. Then he he has the ability to then invite the fiddler, whereas I think the fiddler was just always there before. Right. But then you really take ownership. That's and right. And that is. The beautiful thing, I think, about the Jewish tradition is that it takes people to invite the tradition to continue on but with But not them. only of Jewish, don't you think of them? Well, 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 no, but, but I think— For, for this, this show. For this yeah. show, yeah. That, that's a very specific yes. thing that even continues on to this day. Um, we just had to tell my
1: 92-year-old mother not to fast on Yom Kippur. Because she—, she She's
0: 92?
1: Yeah, I was like— you're it You got. You can have a cup of coffee.
0: You can have a cup of coffee. That's so sweet. You know. That's so sweet. Um, yeah. But I do. I I know that for me and my faith, that that is. And once again, like I, I promise I won't spend every podcast talking about my belief system. But I, this is the reason why you know this musical is one of my favorites is because it just connects with me personally on so many levels. Is that uh, when you when you really spend time to figure out what the crap you believe in this life right when you put in that work you then feel much more powerful to decide what goes with you in terms of right in terms of tradition
1: right it doesn't always have to be black
0: and white but people don't like
1: to think in thinking in grays and colors are scary mm-hmm.
0: yeah but that's Barnum. No, that's a <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, get out of. Stop here. Stop it. <laughs> um all right, let me look at my notes. See. Oh, oh my God. do you know what? Let's go to the Tony Awards for okay. 1960. What was it? 1965? Uh well, it opened in 64. Okay, so yeah. Fiddler on the Roof is uh, in the 1965 Tony Awards right. season. And um, it, of course, wins a lot. Zero Mostel wins for actor. Maria Carnalova for best supporting actress. It wins best musical. Uh, you know, authors, producers, directors. Um, it doesn't win scenic design. That goes. To How the, could that be? I know, right? What yeah. did it? Who won? Um, Oliver Smith for Baker Street, Love, and the Odd Couple for three things. Yeah. Well. It could, uh, for Baker Street. It looks like Boris Aronson was nominated for both Fiddler and Incident at Vichy. Vichy. I have never even heard of oh, that. Oh, Arthur Miller. Well, that's a oh, that's Oh, is play. it? Good That's play. Arthur Miller? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Okay, uh, it also won um, costume design. Patricia Ziprot. Mm-hmm, exactly. This is why I'm up
1: till five in the morning. I just know this I info. I understand.
0: So <laughs> this is interesting, though. So can what do you think were the other musicals nominated that year? That year? Well, Baker Street must have been nominated. Yeah, no. Fid- so there are four. Fiddler. Fiddler won. And then you got three others. Golden Boy. Golden Boy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which, to think that Fiddler and Golden Boy were the same year is kind of... I can't even believe that. blows my mind. Uh, then Half a Sixpence.
1: Is better than... That's a good part for you. Oh, my God, you can play that in your sleep. Um, And then Oh, What a Lovely War. Which is that, you know, it's so, so highfalutin. So weird. That Joan...
0: You get, oh, what a lovely... Yeah. That's too highfalutin for us. But that means... The roar of the grease paint, smell of the crowd was not nominated. How could that? Be? Didn't, was it up for best score at least? Let me look. Yes.
1: And but Fiddler won the best score.
0: But Fiddler won the best score. Also, that <sighs> that same season was "Do I Hear a Waltz." Wow! Oh, you so, can see
1: why that. Well, that would that does have a lovely score. But so not Roger,
0: for, yeah, Rogers and Sondheim were
1: nominated for that, and did, but not um, for best musical. Did she win for best actress, Elizabeth Allen, in
0: "Do I Hear a Waltz"? I think so. No, it was uh, Manelli for it was Liza Floor for the Flora. Red Menace. Oh so God. hold on, are you telling me <gasps> that's crazy? Oh, did you just do a gay gas? <laughs> because <laughs> that means that Flora the Red Menace wasn't nominated for Best Musical for Best Musical or Best because Quiet Thing is one of my favorite theater right. songs of all time, and so. But it, it's it, not that. It's not a fantastic show. Yeah, I know. Right. You're right. Bajor
1: was that
0: Everybody's season?
1: looking Stop. for the big Bajor. Talk about a stinker, if right? If
0: anybody likes this podcast, I would be so <laughs> excited.
1: Um, oh, that is the most amazing. First of all.
0: Ben Franklin in Paris Oh, this my season. God.
1: With the songs by Jerry Herman that no one talks about that he wrote, you Whoopsie. know, for $1. ten. But how about um, Roar of the Grease paint Smell of the Crowd with that, with those Famous, famous, famous songs Yeah, now. no, I mean. Who, I mean, how many times do we have to hear Feeling Good on American
0: Idol? But, thank you. But who, I mean, honestly, who remembers Half a Sixpence?
1: Except for m- many. Well, there was that and, revival in London that everyone loved. Oh, really? Just with Charlie
0: Stemp. When was that? Just like two years ago, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and then, Oh, What a Lovely War. Like, who remembers that? Too highfalutin. But then, Roar the Grease Pain. I feel like. I, feel I know. Everyone, like you said, everybody remembers feeling good. Yeah. And who can I turn to?
1: Yeah. And on a
0: wonderful day like today, thank you, Mrs. Mazel. Oh, that's right. That's right. Thank you, Mrs. Mazel. More, more Jews making some, making our lives better. Right, Mrs. Mazel. Right. Great. Is there anything else that we want to talk about? No, we sit here until like forever. I want to make sure I talked about everything <laughs> that I wanted to. <laughs> Looking through my notes. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up. Next week's show all about (laughs) Bajor. With Nancy Dussault. I I think every once in a while I want to throw in a super random one. Although, you know, like, because I really want to do an episode about Smile. Oh, fabulous. Do one about I Had a Ball and have Karen Morrow come and talk to you. Oh my gosh, do you think she would? In a second. Really? In a second. Oh my gosh, I wouldn't even need, she wouldn't even need a microphone. No. Could you imagine...
1: Oh my God! I'm coming!
0: Measure. I'm coming in for that. <laughs> um, I wanted to say thank you, Glenn, for being here today. Thank,
1: thank you, you so for much. inviting me. This is, and I was nervous, of course.
0: What are do, what will we talk about? And we had plenty to discuss. Oh my God, um, so much. Thank you, Bach and Harnik and Stein and Jerry Robbins, my friend, for creating Jair for creating a *Fiddler on the Roof*, my yes. favorite show. I want to say thank you, Michael Willett, for creating the artwork and the theme song for the podcast. Ooh. If you have uh, anybody out there, if you want to suggest a show that we're going to, that we cover on a the musical theater podcast, go ahead and email us at amusicalpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at podcast. Yeah. Um, until next time, have a great day, guys. Oh, fun you <laughs>